Hello, dear friends. I'm so glad you've taken the time to listen to this quiet talk, and I pray it helps you to see God's hand at work in your life. In this talk, I'm going to share some things going on in my life right now. I'm not trying to draw attention to myself, but I want to point out to you a positive truth that I pray will encourage you. I think it's fair for people who listen to preachers to wonder if they just say whatever comes out of their heads or out of books or or if the speaker has actually lived what he preaches. I assure you that we are living through what I'm going to talk about today. This week, we are packing. In a few days, we will load everything out for parts unknown. Unless God does a special work in the next eight days, which he is more than capable of doing, all of our things will be stored. We are getting rid of most of our furniture, but the things that we're going to keep are going to be stored and we're going to live in temporary quarters. The place where we'll be living then will only probably be available to us for about three weeks, and after that we'll see what happens, but God knows. The point of all this is that we are in a time of uncertainty. It's been quite a number of years since we moved from a house not knowing what was next, but it has happened before. By God's grace, we've never wandered the streets with no place to sleep, and I don't anticipate that's going to happen this time around. You too may be in an uncertain place in your life. It doesn't have to involve where you live. It may involve an illness. Perhaps the doctor told you that you have cancer and you don't know what's going to happen. Maybe there is uncertainty with your job. There's no doubt that over the last year or so, many people, especially those who own small businesses, have experienced great upheaval. What's next? That's the big question, isn't it? I don't know anybody who likes uncertainty. I know I'm looking forward to being settled somewhere, to be writing and recording these talks in permanent quarters. But I have no idea where those quarters will be. I have a general area that I think they will be in, but nothing is for sure at this point. I remember as a schoolboy being fascinated by those people we used to call pioneers, those brave men and women who headed west in this country when there was nothing out there but trees and rivers and mountains. Oh yes, and hostile tribes who in general didn't appreciate the newcomers. I could never be a pioneer in that sense. I wouldn't last a week. When I travel, I require a comfortable hotel room and convenient restaurants where I can eat good food. The people who settled this country had qualities and skills that I know nothing of. I want to talk for a bit about some people in the Bible who were sort of pioneers too. We affectionately refer to them as the children of Israel. Now, this was not a family in a covered wagon. This was a nation of probably about three million people. God led them out of the place where they and their ancestors had lived for 400 years. While their living conditions in Egypt had not been ideal, they were secure. They had houses to live in and food to eat. Their lives were predictable. 
I'm sure I don't need to go into how they got out of Egypt. You know the story of the plagues, the Passover, the crossing of the Red Sea. God brought them out, as the Bible says, with a mighty hand. So what was their first stop when they came out? A nice tropical resort with swimming pools and tennis courts? Not at all. God took them straight into the desert. What the King James Version refers to so poetically as a waste-howling wilderness. Directly from the victory at the Red Sea, God leads them three days into the desert where there is no drinkable water. You can't last long in the desert without water. Uncertainty. The people were wondering, where will we get water for our children, for our livestock? Are we all going to die out here? Didn't we have it better in Egypt where Although we had to work hard, at least we had plenty of food and water. Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years. Of course, we know that wasn't God's original plan. He would have led them straight into the fruitful land that he had long ago promised Abraham he would give his descendants. But they didn't believe God. They gave in to fear. And so for them, the consequence of that unbelief was 40 years of aimless wandering in the desert. But even in their disobedience and unbelief, God did not forsake his people. At the end of the 40 years, just before the death of Moses, God says through that great prophet, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. God did not abandon them in the wilderness. He led them through it. He provided for them. He protected them. There are many beautiful types or what you may call symbols of spiritual truth that come from this time of wandering. One of the most prominent comes from Exodus 17, which tells about the second time they came to a place without any water. Moses cries out to God, and God tells him to go out in front of all the people. Take your staff, says God. That was the same staff with which he struck the Nile and turned it into blood, and then later which he held up over the Red Sea, and it parted. Take your staff in the sight of everyone and strike the rock, and water will gush out enough for the whole nation. And that's exactly what happened. And that place was called Meribah, which means quarreling, because there the people tested God, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Now, that rock became a figure, what most people would call a symbol. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians of this period in Israel's history. He says, For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. That rock that Moses struck 
Paul says, was really Christ. Christ is the source of water in the desert. Christ is the source of food and shelter. He is our rock. A verse that has been so precious to Debbie and me in these last weeks of uncertainty about where we'll live is the first verse of Psalm 90, the only psalm written by Moses, written from the vantage point of the desert. It begins, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Our constant dwelling place is not a house made of boards and bricks. Our constant dwelling place is God. He is from everlasting and will be our dwelling place forever unto the ages of the ages. My friend, if you are in a time of uncertainty... I want to assure you that you have a rock which cannot be moved, a rock that has always been there and will always be. That rock is Christ. He promised, I will never, never leave you. I will never, never forsake you. The psalmist David wrote, This God His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus, that you are that rock that follows us, that is always with us. And Lord God, I pray today for those listening to my voice, many of whom might be in times of uncertainty. I pray that they will look to Jesus and they will know and they will see there in Him that unchangeable rock, that firm foundation that cannot be moved. And they will trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. They will look to God and they will find that one thing that is certain and that is our God. And I pray all this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his sake. Amen. My dear friend, uh, if you'd like to contact me, my email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. May God bless you, I pray.